you believe it, lasses? We're into season two. Season two of Lounging with the Lasses. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. Listen, honestly, man, thank you to everyone who is helping our podcast grow. I cannot believe the success already. You're supporting so many small businesses and it means the world to like our community. So before you go, lasses, if you're new to listening to podcasts, help us out by just hitting subscribe and then you'll see all of our new episodes first. Leave a little review and just tell one person, just one person about it and that's it. To join our community of business lasses, head on over to our group where this all started on Facebook, The Northern Lass Lounge. Enjoy! Today I'm lounging with one of our lounge legends, Ruth Watson, the eco queen herself, owner of Ecologico UK. Ruth shares some really personal experiences in her mental health decline, which, to be honest, almost cost her her life. Ruth really is a powerhouse. She's an earth mother and someone who I admire every day. Listen to how she has turned her life around for her three beautiful children and partner in crime, Andy Ego. Say, Andy, I got you in the podcast. Ruth Oss. All right. Hello. How are you doing? Here we are. Uh, how exciting. Another team member on. Just before we get into it, though, I want to talk to you about imposter syndrome, Ruth. Oh, God. Just yeah, I'm like the queen chat. of imposter syndrome. Like... I think I've had imposter syndrome my entire life. I think it comes from like being an A-type person who was probably a bit like tiger parented. Like we were the ones like we did dancing and we did shows and it was, and I, I think I always felt like I, I wasn't good enough anywhere and I was had to compete and I had to be the best. And I've kind of like carried that right through uni. When I went to uni, I was like, I'm not good enough to be here. And then whenever I got a job, I always felt like, I've tricked them and even now owning like I'm I always say I'm the world's most reluctant business owner like every time I say I own a business or like entrepreneur I I laugh I feel awkward it's cringe because I just feel like a massive imposter so even doing this is just like it makes me feel really nervous and really anxious and I wanted to bring that up because we had a little chat didn't we before yeah kept coming up you were like oh and for anyone who knows Ruth, and like Ruth's a big, big part of the of, of our team. Um, she's just so natural and brilliant, you are Ruth, when you're talking. And I don't know whether you watch yourself back at all. Maybe you should go and do that because you'll go, ah, I actually know what I'm talking about here. But there's no need for imposter syndrome. And you know that I always say if it means you're in the right space. It means yeah. you're doing something to help develop yourself. So just tell us all about who Ruth Watson is and what you do. Oh, oh God. Um, oh. Who am I? That's a good question. No, so just going back, I guess, like, I suppose I'll get on to the business later, but like I said, I've always been, like, your typical overachiever. Like, I breezed through school, got the highest results in the school, do you know, like, and went to college, went to uni. I was definitely just always on that path of, like, high achiever winning awards being good at everything I know that sounds dead big-headed to say but then like I don't know I think when I had the kids so I, I kind of started my career in teaching left teaching and um, to work in community education and realized that I had a real passion for helping people and actually 
I wasn't this ambitious competitive type a person maybe that everyone had me pegged as everyone thought i was going to be the career person the ceo do you know like the, the the manager and actually i just get a buzz off helping people that's what i love and i found a real passion for yes educating people but just seeing that light bulb moment in people so i went to move into community education and um, i went to, we moved to teesside um, highest levels of deprivation, you know, awful, awful statistics, worst place to grow up as a girl in the entire country, according to the statistics. And seeing those young people that I was working with thriving and starting their own businesses. So that's what they were doing. It was enterprise education. So they were starting their own businesses. Um, and I was helping them with that and linking in with other businesses locally to support them and mentor them in that. And I just loved it. Like I just got such a buzz from it. Um, but then I kind of moved now into mental health education and training. And again, I just get a buzz from that. And I think I've realised that actually that's that's who I am. I'm, yes, I'm an educator. I'll always be a teacher. Like I'll always want to give people knowledge and I need to know the far end of a fart. So like that's just me anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm always going to be a learner and I'm always going to be a teacher and I'm always going to be a helper. That's just who I am. And I'm not necessarily going to ever make millions of pounds or be like, do you know like the CEO of a massive corporation which I think is what all of my teachers and family thought when I was 16 like oh she's going to be a lawyer or a doctor but that is not who I am like who I am is someone who wants to make a difference I suppose so you've got, yeah. you've got kind of few qualifications under your belt haven't you yeah I've got a bit of like a checkered life really <laughs> so yeah I've obviously got loads of different qualifications in education and in management qualifications um, and and like I said I need to know the far end of a fart so if I'm going to do something I'm going I need I need to know that I know what I'm talking about so if I've ever done anything whether that's for the business or whether it's eco stuff or business stuff I've gone and done a qualification like okay. collecting me little certificates I suppose that little part of me has never changed like like and have the certificates and the praise and stuff but yeah so that's what I love so much about the lounge and I know we'll talk about this later but like because I need to know everything I, when I started a business I didn't have a clue I was literally just shotting stuff out there doing what I thought a business person did massive imposter syndrome massive overwhelm honestly it was an absolute I can't swear but it was an absolute you know mess what I was putting out there because I didn't really know what I was doing and that's why the lounge was just because the way you are I'm not blowing smoke up you but like the way it's just like A plus B equals C, that, that's what I needed. I just needed to know what to do. But the benefit of my kind of brain is I then just soak it up and do it. So that's that's ultimately the way to succeed, isn't it? Just take it, don't reinvent the wheel, regurgitate. And that's what I've done, I think. Do you know what I, this is one of the, and I don't think I've ever told you this, one of the things that stood out when I was starting to form a team and I was thinking, right, I need to get people in to help um the amount of not like facts and stats and stuff like that but the amount of personal information you remember about people down to what people call their dad's nicknames what they call their, their children's nickname that level of detail is something that I went wow she's totally invested in this she loves what she's doing and she's all about helping people it's that level of detail yeah. so 
Absolutely. And I think, though, I mean, you always say, and, and I know as well, that shows with your customers as well. So, like, my customers will come back in and they'll say, oh, I need a refill of such a shampoo, and I know what shampoo they get. Yeah. And, like, I'll say, oh, they say, oh, I came last month. Oh, you've got that for your baby because they had nappy rash. How's it getting on? And it's that. Like, actually, what I do, anyone could do because I'm just selling products. Like, anybody could do what I do. That's what I say. Like, I, why I'm a bit of an imposter because I've got no real skill or talent. But I suppose my skill is is that it's been a, a a people person and investing in people and wanting to see those results and see them succeed and I guess like yeah like I do make a, a special effort in the lounge when if someone's been on a motivation station for example and then they like comment I will make a special effort to go and comment because I think that's what gives people that sense of belonging um, and that sense of community and that's really important to me that people feel seen yeah it's even down to the when I've called my dad, Big Pete, months ago, you've come yeah. and said it again. I've went, how does she remember that level of data? So, like, I, I feel imposter syndrome or that kind of anxious when I'm meeting people. And I, we've spoke about this before. When I'm meeting people face-to-face -face at our events, because I feel I should know what every single person does as a business. And you just can't have you, – you can't. You have to try and it, – it, it happens more when you meet them face-to-face -face because you, you kind of resonate, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and you go right I know who that person is now yeah. but it's that Ugh, if people go hi Kylie and I'm like I don't, I don't know who, who. <laughs> I just feel like oh that's and it. that happens all the time because of social media I think like especially when you're going live and you do and you're good at what you do then like people come up to me at markets and they're like how are the kids you know like and I feel like how do you I don't know who you are but obviously they will say I, I follow you I watch you and they feel like they know you but obviously it's only one way you don't you know you don't get that reciprocity so then you have to kind of almost make a special effort but do you know I think that's another thing I've like obviously when I was teaching I was teaching secondary so I had to remember kids um and I had to remember all their names and especially disadvantaged kids it was remembering you know like Dylan really likes fishing so to keep him engaged I'm going to talk about fishing and you know this one does dancing competitions and Chloe's mum lived in Spain and all of those things it's like that's what keeps kids engaged and I think at the end of the day kids are just little humans aren't they so like as adults we still want that we want to be remembered and we want to feel included and be part of something and that's really important to me and um, that everybody does have that recognition but also you know it is easier than engage people and keep them engaged and invested when they feel like that so Ruth me and you went to the same school together I didn't know this until I mean you're a lot lot younger than me I'm haggard now um, <laughs> <laughs> um and our families have probably crossed paths I think your parents know my parents from the same town and stuff yeah and you've already said you've got like a proper wise I would say you've got a wise head on your on your shoulders you've got all of this experience how does Ruth from Sam end up running our own business? Honestly, good question. Um, <laughs> so I think for, for me, and I'm a huge... I, what I will say is, you know, I think Siam and, and towns like Siam and other places in the northeast get a lot of bad press about people not getting opportunities and not being ambitious and not... But I, I think it's about making your own opportunities and yeah. about getting yourself out there and I know that maybe sounds a bit pretentious and I know that I'm more privileged than other people for lots of reasons but I realized quite quickly that 
because I'm a people person, because I'm a knowledgeable person, people listen to me. Um, and so in terms of an eco business, like I said, I never really wanted to run an eco business. I was going to say, why, why eco? Why? Yeah, I mean, who knows? And I had thought a few times before this through my career, I've always, I've always been that person who's kind of gone, I could do that, you know, I could do that, you know, like I could run a business, I could run a successful business in, in anything, because I think without sounding big headed, if I was going to run a business in anything, I would make it successful. Do you know, like I would make sure that I made it successful because that's the kind of person that I am. Um, and so with the eco stuff, how that kind of came about was, I mean, I've talked about doing like kids stuff and training to do baby massage and all of these different things which people in the lounge do and I find really fascinating but when I had the kids so when I first got pregnant um I started to research because that's what I do you know and I started to look into nappies and I started to look into chemicals in products that you're putting on your baby and what's in cleaning products and I was horrified absolutely horrified at the expense at, at all of that stuff um, and so I started to realise that I could make a choice and I could make difference so I did that with my first one um, and we were just sort of tootling along doing it and then Andrew got made redundant um, and I had a horrific mental breakdown um, after I had my second so after Red was born um, I had a real horrific mental health crisis I actually tried to take my own life um, and got support for that and then I realised something needs to change. I need to do something for my own, as part of my own recovery. Um, and so I said to Andrew, maybe I should do this as a business. You know, maybe I should talk to people about eco stuff. And like, he was like, yeah, go for it. I'm sure we thought this is like just, you know, one of those things in a crazy moment that she's going to say. But actually I did. I signed up with a wholesale supplier and I started to get products and I started to say to people like, this is what I use on my kids. This is what I use at home. And again, I found that people started to listen to me and people when I was saying, oh, this is this is this product's bad. This product will save you money. People were listening to me and they were asking, where can I buy that? How can I do that? And I realised that actually I was on to something and Andrew was like, you need to make money from this. You can't just run this as a hobby. You know, you can't just do it on the side. So that's kind of how it happened. I never set out to make an eco business. I never set out to be a eco warrior. Hate that expression. Hate that expression. Okay. Um, I don't think I come across as like a typical eco person. Um, and maybe that's why I'm different to other businesses you know I am my USP of my business that I think other mums that are like me want to do a little bit but they go out on Instagram and they see all of these like full-on hippie eco militant vegans and they just think that's totally unattainable which is how I felt and I just wanted to create a space really on social media that was like do you know what it's okay if your kids eat crisps you can still you know do your little bit here and there and actually I feel like more and more people are starting to fall into that category of wanting to do a little bit so that's me really that's how it happened totally by accident and I, I did write down Ruth about I'm, I'm going to speak to you about like this whole heavy promoters of eco stuff right so we'll pop yeah. for a bit but I, I, I just feel I need to go back a little step here because you mentioned something there and it's very very important that we talk about this so you had a breakdown, yeah, 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 yeah. Your mental health situation, and it's really more about how did you get out of that mindset? What steps did you take? 
so I mean I've had an I've had an anxiety disorder I always say I've probably had anxiety all my life like I didn't get diagnosed until I was 19 <laughs> but now when you look back you're like oh that's why I'm like that I'm not just a massive drama queen like it is actually anxiety this wasn't all just hypochondria or like but I think when you don't have that self-awareness and you're young and people around okay. you and it's I'm not blaming my family or anything like that I just don't think it was something that was understood or spoken about as much I think now we're all much better at that and in our kids as well kind of almost spotting these things and putting things in place so I've always had anxiety yeah. Um, got to uni had a horrendous mental breakdown at uni that was how I got diagnosed with um, anxiety disorder so I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety but basically since then I've basically collected anxiety disorders like Pokemon cards so I've had spells of OCD I've had spells of eating disorders I've had spells of PTSD um, which is what triggered my breakdown when I had read yeah. um, so I kind of have gone through periods of mental health crisis and for me it's really important to say like recovery or living with an anxiety disorder it isn't a linear process like I do have strategies now and I do have support and I was able to get myself out of that but sometimes like I'm still not perfect like I'll still have anxiety attacks or anxiety issues I think it's something that we have to be honest about that you know it isn't I would say I'm like an alcoholic in that doesn't drink it I've still got anxiety even if I'm not showing the signs it's still there inside me and it's more about managing it so for me I was I was actually kind of with red um I had a horrendous breakdown PTSD is that um, your first is that your first child second so I had squishy and I reckon now with hindsight I probably had a little bit of postnatal depression basically I was totally unprepared for motherhood because like everything in life I was going to go into motherhood and I was going to just nail it and boss it and be amazing and I'd read the books you know what I mean I I was that idiot who was like I've read all the books and I'm gonna be able to breastfeed and I'm gonna and then like sleep deprivation hit and I wasn't eating and I wasn't taking care of myself and I really struggled and but I didn't tell anybody because I felt like if I tell anybody I'm struggling they'll think I'm a failure and I've never been a fail, like yeah. I've never wanted to be a failure. And I was worried about letting people down. I didn't even tell Andy what was going on, but I didn't get any support at all. And then there's only a year between my first and second. So I fell pregnant when Squishy was four months old um, and I was devastated. Like, I mean, I love it a bit now when we wouldn't have it any other way, but obviously I was in the throes of postnatal depression. I'd had an emergency cesarean. So I was physically recovering from that mentally, you know, I was like a war zone. Um, And then actually as it like, as it transpired with her, she was very poorly when she was a baby. She had meningitis and sepsis and all of these things and another section, basically just a massive amount of stuff happened in a very small amount of time. I didn't feel like I could speak out for support, even though now I would be a huge advocate of reaching out for support. I didn't, I don't practice what I preach. So I kept it all to myself. Um, Andy was working in Leeds, working 14 hour days. I was on my own with the two of them and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I couldn't see another way out. Um, I just thought the world will be better off if I'm not in it. Um, And it ended up with um, the police being called, um, the perinatal crisis team being called, had a long chat with them and they were like you just you're doing an amazing job but you can't see it and anybody in your circumstances would feel like you do you're not a failure you've not done anything wrong you just need a little bit of help 
and to be fair like the perinatal mental health team came in I got therapy I was put on antidepressants and the health visitor really stepped up got me some support um, and really for us Andrew then being made redundant was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us because that emotional support I mean you don't think it at the time do you when you're like going through redundancy you're like how the hell are we going to cope but for us that gave us that balance back it really helped me to recover um, and obviously that's led me to have a total career change because now I work in mental health so I work for mind and I've kind of now used my experience and for me that is part of my recovery as well so talking about this stuff like I can talk about it with a sense of emotional detachment now because it's like that happened to somebody who isn't me because I'm so well now because I have those strategies um but it's like your physical health isn't it you've got to keep on top of it like if my sleep starts to go if I don't eat right if I don't have those breaks if I'm not communicating with Andrew about how I'm really feeling if I don't have my strategy so with the business you know if I'm not scheduling if if it all starts to get on top of me I feel myself go really quickly so for me it's about that prevention now like the support is amazing when you're in crisis but actually it's true what they say isn't it like prevention is better than cure um and when you're a mum as well do you not think like it's so easy to because you get the mum guilt and it's so easy to like put the kids first and neglect yourself not eat not sleep you want to be building your business so you're kind of burning the wire like it's just really hard to do that proactive stuff but you are the best asset in your own business and if you're not well your business is going to fail your family's going to fall apart like you need to be well and and it took me a long time to realize that that actually me looking after myself wasn't selfish it was the best thing for everybody really well thank you for that Ruth honestly like being so open about it because I never know when I ask those types of questions wherever it's going to go and if I can, I can share a little bit about me like and I've, I've said this to the team recently like I, I've got anxiety I know for a fact I've got anxiety and I've suffered in the past I've been on medication for it especially when I worked in the bank but going back to like how you you manage it I wouldn't say I'd necessarily go okay I'm going to do this to manage my my mindset right but I learn about my brain now that's how, and I understand it so like things that are starting to happen I'm like well that's because that's happening like yeah. I read books I talk to you a lot and I'm going yeah. to use and it's like and this is why the lounge is great because you can go in and ask these types of totally and I think the lounge is really good for that level of self-awareness I mean I know we talk from a business point of view about not just working in your business but working on your business and I think it's absolutely the same for yourself like it is so easy when you're so busy and like I am so busy and it was so easy for me to make excuses same with you like I don't have time to do that I don't have time to go to the gym I don't have time to sleep I don't have but actually you know again I looked into the research and all of the research shows that this stuff like having a break having proper sleep makes you more productive makes you work better so actually working on yourself rather than just in your day-to-day grind is is better for you for your business for your family like and that's what I think some people aren't necessarily conscious of but I think that's one thing that comes through in the lounge again and again that this idea of looking after yourself and taking a break is okay and having that permission almost from other women to say like it's okay to step back it's okay to have the summer holidays with your kids it's okay to mute your notifications and just someone else saying it I think sometimes makes it a bit easier doesn't it Ruth man you should the amount of people who come to us and I can tell where it's leading I'm like I'm not the person who can tell you to have a holiday you know yeah yeah 
they're like oh I'm going on and I'm like go and have a break <laughs> right yeah forget about social media yes I'm on there a lot because I love it most of the time and but I'm very clever at looking like I'm on there a lot and that's the thing and that's one <laughs> thing that I think I've really picked up from you like it looks as if I'm on social media all the time. My kids, like, I, if you've seen my kids, there's no way I could be on social media the amount of time it looks like I'm on social media. I've just had to be very clever, as have you, and learn these routines or strategies. And yes, it is really hard at first. And like things like scheduling or things like planning for events you know I do a lot of events but now like the first time I did it it was like took hours of preparation and what was I going to do and what was I going to take now it's like literally 20 minutes before shove the stuff in the car go set up I know where it's going to go and you just have to get on and do it and I think we've spoken a lot haven't we about like I'm all about what I call what I read about was radical incrementalism and it's about using the time you've got whether that's 10 minutes yeah so if I've got 10 minutes, what can I do in 10 minutes productively, not scrolling, like, can I schedule posts? Can I answer emails? Can I pay invoices? 10 minutes. That's all I've got today. But at least I've done something in that 10 minutes. So then if I have 23 hours and 50 minutes of no work, that's OK, because I've done what I needed to do that day. If I've got an hour, great, I can get more done. And actually, it's just about using the time you've got cleverly and efficiently, I think, makes a massive difference. But I wasn't doing that at the start. And before yeah. I joined the lounge, I was I've like fanning around. I've got a question that I wrote down. I went, I'm dying to know because you've been in the lounge two years, I believe. Um, before you joined the lounge, just be honest, how did you feel about social media? And what Hated was it? Hated what was, it. What was Cried every day. About? lowest point tell us cried every day I remember I used to, I fell into every single trap of social media so I was just throwing stuff out I didn't know what I was doing I didn't understand about any of the nuts and bolts of it like hashtags and things like that face the differences between them I didn't have an ideal client um I was just posting whatever I fancied I remember I used to get drawn into that trap so much of following other businesses watching all the time I'd spend hours in the middle of the night uh, looking at when I was feeding the kids I would be like looking at what other eco businesses were doing copying them if they had more followers than me why did they have more followers than me like I, if people were copying me responding to messages I was the worst I was literally kind of your ideal client and <laughs> and I remember I was in the bath and well this is a bit of an odd thing to say but I was in the bath and Andrew was sat next to me because he was talking to me while I was in the bath that's where I do all my best business meetings and I was just crying my eyes out and I was just like I can't do this like I'm not making any many sales I wasn't making many sales um everyone's setting up equal businesses and they're better than me because the imposter syndrome I'm closing my business and I must have said Andrew actually judges how I'm feeling by how many times a month I say I'm going to close my business and he's like oh you haven't said it for a while because at that time just before I joined the lounge I was on the verge of closing my business down and because I just didn't see how I could compete in a noisy space doing what I did with no training and then I joined the lounge and and here I am. Yeah, we will get onto the lounge and the nitty gritty bits and what you manage and stuff in a bit. But because you've just said there, like you were against so many competitors setting up eco businesses, and we've we've kind of talked about these heavy. I don't know what what there was a word you used ages ago about militant pushing. Push yeah, 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 eco about eco living, and you were just not that at all. 
don't get us wrong whenever I see like an ego business before I met you I was like oh here we go again yeah but now I'm, I'm I've come you've changed my mindset about it so talk to me about this pushy approach and what you do differently I think it's really hard because mm. I taught I understand where they're coming from and you know you and I have spoken before about bricks and mortar eco shops and they're like we need to have bricks and mortar we don't need to be online um, and and the thing about people who run eco businesses is they are totally value driven their heart is in completely the right place yeah but it's like anything you know like my mum and dad always said don't talk religion politics and I think eco now falls into that category because if you start on it and you're really passionate about it and people don't agree with you or don't have that same buy-in as you have it can come across as very preachy and very pushy and I was put off even as an eco business owner or somebody who um was interested in eco before I set the business I was frightened to go into communities online and and post because I was frightened about the backlash of saying actually we're not vegan why are you not vegan do you hate animals do you know like it's just that I was that fear all the time um and I got it when I first set up as well that because I wasn't like that because I was very much do what you can do you know here's why I do what I do I just want to inform you make your own informed choice a lot of people would then criticize me and say well how can you run an eco business when you're not totally plastic free or when you give your kids meat to eat you you know disgusting giving your kids meat when you run an eco business you should know better but I just think and I'll quote Kylie Dixon here you know the the main aim of life is to just get through life with your family with as little shit as possible Um, just do what you've got to do get your head down for you and your family with as little shit as possible and that's what I try and do just like block that out feel that that's for them and I can see rapidly those people losing momentum and losing followers and it's not to say that their mission's not right and their heart's not in the right place I just think they're going the wrong way about it so you can actually see people losing followers so a lot of eco businesses are closing down wow um and, and that's not to say, you know, because my business is better than theirs or anything like that, because it's tough for everybody. And, you know, it's tough for everybody in retail. Um, but if you're going to be so um, kind of nailing yourself to a cross of I'm only going to do bricks and mortar or I'm only going to do vegan and I'm only going to have vegan customers, you're really going to limit your scope for your business to diversify and to survive. Yes, that might be your ultimate intention, but I just think at the moment we're all just trying to weather a storm, aren't we? And just like you've got to be flexible and adaptable. And maybe that's where, you know, I've tried to be adaptable. So when retail slow, pick up on the education, when the education slow, pick up on the online reach. It's just having that flexibility, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point because that's something that it comes up in the lounge all of the time especially around summertime doesn't it and people are like oh it's so quiet it's so quiet and I'm like don't panic please just don't panic pick something up or build it in the next year that it's going to drop over the yeah. summer get out and about go and do some face-to-face stuff it's like and I know it'll be people who don't I, I certainly didn't understand this when I first started business that this would would affect you seasonally doesn't it it really yeah. does you've just got to switch to what absolutely you do. And like you say, when you get into your rhythm, although, you know, we can say get into a rhythm, but then we have things like massive lockdowns or recessions or, and, and these things do throw us off kilter. And I think when you are feeling imposter syndrome or whatever, the, te- the, the tendency and knee jerk 
is there so much more because it's like ah, I don't know what I'm doing and I think again that's where things like the lounge are so important that if when you're a, when you're a sole business trader you feel like it's just me like yeah. it's only me who sails down it's only me who's quiet and it just takes we've seen it haven't we with posts where oh I went to a fair and I didn't make any sales and everyone's like quiet for me quiet for me I've had sales I've had fairs like that and actually just changing that mindset and it's been so lovely recently to see posts where people have said yeah that fair was quiet but I used the time to take photographs network speak to people think about this look at what other people were doing and actually just that mindset shift I think is so important it's like for me it's mindset is a massive massively important part of business and it's difficult right I do get it that some people this is maybe they've just put all of their eggs in one basket not understanding business like we all did um some of us have had like a little bit extra flexibility like I, I was really lucky I had a redundancy package when I first yeah. started if I didn't have that I don't know how long I'd be trading for I, I don't know but like it's really difficult to manage those conversations isn't it where they're like I'm just this is like my last kind of attempt because this is I need to make money and it's trying to open their eyes into how they can give some kind of value to get some passive income coming in you know it's really it's really interesting you saying that because I always think I never try to make money I try to solve problems like that's how I think about business Mm -hmm. like and I think I see other people trying to make money and it's really clear that they're trying to make money and it comes across in a totally different way than like you say people who offer value and I think when you un- that's what I say about mindset when you understand that that there's a difference between offering value then the money comes like then the sales come and that's what I realized with social media I was flinging product posts out every day and I wasn't getting any sales but that's and I actually had a conversation with somebody at the pop-up and it was she changed because she said I've stood here with you today and talked to you about these products and now I understand why I need them but if I saw them online I wouldn't have ever looked twice at them because I didn't know why I needed them and then that for me was like oh, bam. that, that was, was like the like that was like mic drop moment and I was like that's what I need to start posting I need to start posting and my Instagram from that day changed because it was like I mean some of it in my group like here's me cleaning my washing machine with soda crystals like here's me looking look at what I'm using to scrub my pan but it's like actually that's what people want you know that's why people like you know like the hinching stuff is so popular because people want to see how you use these things and how they're useful and how they're solving a problem and then they're like well why wouldn't I buy it like I don't have to hard sell these products they sell themselves once people understand why they need them you did you did an amazing post I can't remember if it was in the next level lounge or the, or the lounge to say like somebody was obviously struggling with sales and you were like how can you help solve a problem yeah and it's not easy to think of straight away and sometimes it's not directly linked to your product is it it can be just another kind of passion that you have yeah and for me this is part of it as well you know like I always say for me it came from a place of we were desperately needing to save money so I always say with eco stuff like for me it's 
people are stressed people want to save time people want to save money and people want things to be easy as possible so that that's the problem but until and I know we've talked about this in your coaching sessions in the next level lounge until you know your ideal client how do you know what their problems are because if you don't know who they are how do you know like I thought my ideal client's problem was needing a coffee cup on a train to commute to London that's not what my ideal client's problem is. My ideal client needs a coffee cup that fits in a pram thing. That's yep. not got a wide bottom. That fits in a pram. That's her problem. She needs it to be insulated so it stays hot when she's out and about because she's on maternity leave and she's got no money and she needs to take a coffee with her. That's the problem. And then that's when I switched to a brand that could offer that. And then I put it in my pram, went for a walk, sold five in a week. Like that's just how it works. And it sounds, I know it sounds a bit flippant when I say it like that, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like once you think about business differently, the sales will come but it's hardware like you say when somebody's in that moment oh. and they're like I just need to pay me electricity bill how do we how do we explain that to them to just hold on because it will come it just takes a while so going back to when I first started business Ruthos and I rocked into um that it was like an incubator kind of uh, training session with mother Mel yeah, yeah. love mother Mel <clears throat> and um I did not have a clue about business, not a clue. And this word kept coming up about sustainability. And I was going, what? I don't know what this means. Right? But obviously I've learned a lot since then. And it's huge, isn't it? It's a yeah. huge word. And like all businesses are getting them into their values, their initiatives. Um, and something the other day, and I'm always thinking about the lounge, and when I hear other companies talk about it, so I think it was Brewdog was talking yeah. about a, I might have been on a podcast. There, there it was, was on Stephen Bartlett's podcast. It was, and it <laughs> was talking about how, fascinating blog, by the way, yeah. talking about how in Scotland they're growing trees, and I was like, it's just so unattainable in my head, right? But I know you you being like from that kind of expertise and, and that point of view with your business, how does somebody who's starting a business even start this way of thinking with their business? Like what small steps could you make? Yeah. So I always liken sustainability to what Kat talks about with accessibility. And I think as small business owners, we often feel like, well, I don't have the resource that big businesses have, you know, to become accessible or to become sustainable. Because we think about these massive initiatives like tree planting or carbon offsetting and all of these things cost a lot of money. And you're like, I'm just one person. What can I do? But for me, as a as a business and obviously everything I do I try to make it as sustainable as possible as a business not just selling products so it's like making sure that your bank is an ethical bank so a lot of banks will invest your money in fossil fuels or in arms or in nuclear or in tobacco so a really simple thing you can do is just make sure you're banking with a sustainable bank easy peasy and it happens that like Starling Bank I'm not being endorsed by them but if they would like to endorse me you know whatever me too I was just so they, they come out as one of the best <laughs> banks in terms of one that you don't have to pay for that offers a really good and as a, as a lot of small businesses use them and they're you know an ethical bank and they score very well on ethical consumer for their practices so we're not talking about things that are maybe massively inconvenient to you but just little things about where you're sourcing your products from you know are you shipping them halfway around the world who are your suppliers and sometimes it's just about asking those questions isn't it so just like 
you know where are you getting your products from and um, whenever I buy things from other people in the lounge it'll be like is this on recycled paper is this on FSC paper just these little questions to ask you know is it reusable is it organic cotton on the tote bags or whatever and again some of that for some people are like that's way out of my realm of understanding but even just one little change could make a massive difference you know and and also it's a really good marketing point because a lot of consumers are switching on to the green agenda. And we've seen, you know, actually a post has just gone out scheduled in my group about greenwashing that was in the news yesterday and um, saying about how a lot of these businesses like Asda and Boohoo and ASOS have been called out for greenwashing saying we're sustainable, but they're actually not. Yeah. But they're pushing it because they know consumers want to buy stuff that's sustainable or eco so they use that so as a small business if you can say you know and there was a post just the other day in the lounge wasn't about stickers I want eco-friendly stickers and I was like mirroring and do that it's post-consumer household waste material stickers that's how I get my stickers off because that's the way people are going and then your customers will love that if you say actually our packaging is plastic free yeah just a dead simple thing isn't it like reusing packaging costs you less money but a big tick for your kind of consumer base in terms of being more sustainable so there's loads of little things you can do um in terms of that and I know like where I live um we're actually creating a go green guide for small businesses so just loads of little things that you can do thinking about if you're a market trader like your energy like are you using renewable energy or is where you're going using sustainable energy sources how you you know it's just all these little things that you can think about you know at an event that you're holding is the water that's not in bottles like a refillable water bottle thing rather than giving out single-use plastic bottles just loads of little really quick wins but all of these things just gather momentum and make a difference I think it doesn't have to be stressful I'm smiling right because I tell you I was like right I'm going to be sustainable and I went and bought a shredder shredding <laughs> your bank savings <laughs> the boxes Get expensive uh, paper shredder, which is now just sh- sat underneath me. Um, me. <laughs> he never used. Because I don't even shred like. And I thought that's me winning. I was remember taking photos and posting it on social media. <laughs> I was meant get look at me, look at me. <laughs> but it, it doesn't have to be like this. Is the thing our packages don't look amazing, but for me it's like we've reused this packaging our customers give us packaging they give us empty bottles and jars to refill and they then feel part of it because they then reuse it so that's another way for us that customers are bought into our business they feel like they're helping us even though they're not purchasing anything and they are because they're saving me money and having to buy boxes so then I just whack a couple of branded stickers on and away we go yes it's not the most like beautiful amazing thing but actually like reflects the values and ethos of my business so that's okay I know that wouldn't work for everyone but yeah it doesn't have to be like you know overly complicated going out and buying like ridiculously expensive machinery and stuff like waterless printers and all of this jazz just like use a cardboard box that has come through your door again I'm going to flip the conversation here a little bit and I want you to talk about your fella there's a reason for this oh your it's so clear and I, I just love it me like like how your your business in it, it's very much a partnership even though he doesn't yeah. directly work but you when, yeah, you, yeah. when you describe it people will understand it's like my gaz 
he knows what I do, he respects what I do, but that's about it. He's, <laughs> he's like, uh. so in this hit home when <laughs> you ran the motivation station. So people who are listening, the motivation station is basically a Zoom call that we put together each week where we bring anyone can join from our membership area and we help them get through some of our training, right? It's like an hour session. And Ruth was running one, or I was, or I, I can't remember. And she went, Andy was doing the motivation station. And I just went, that is just gold. Why does Andy love the lounge? And tell us about your, your partnership. So, I mean, for us as a business, it was always clear that Andy was going to be involved because ultimately it is our family life. Like the, our business is just our family. So of course, like he's in photographs, the kids are in photographs, the kids are involved, they come to events, Andy is. Like there's no way he couldn't be involved because it's just our life. Like it, he's part of it. But for me as well, you know, in terms of my anxiety, and like I said, for us, communication is really important. And often I'll want to sound off to him or use him as a kind of like just to check things and run things by even though he's always like well it's your business but I do like to just have that reassurance that's one of my things is like reassurance seeking but Andy loves the lounge he is so gagging for the lounge like he so I think initially like I I was in the lounge and I'd be saying oh and Kylie said this and Kylie said that and he'd be like who the is Kylie and then obviously I'd be listening to the Monday mornings like in the car or so he'd overhear bits he'd be like she's proper northern her isn't she she's not she's more northern even than you are so he kind of started to get the idea of the lounge and then I think he could see the effects it was having on my business mm-hmm. and also Andy has his own business so he does a lot about so he's, he's a in football recruitment but he's he's a, he's a consultant so he's self-employed as well and so much of what I've learned from the lounge I then talked to him about because that's what I do I retain information and regurgitate information and so he said like we actually had a conversation about this last week when we were in he was like he doesn't feel like he would have achieved half as much as he has with his own business and his own self-development if it wasn't for the lounge through me vicariously isn't that like really interesting because he's seen what I do and whether he's copied me or whether we've talked about it And so then I was doing that motivation station and then he was on the motivation station. He was like, I've got loads of work done. So then the next one, he did it again. He made business cards, which he tweeted about. And he's desperate. He's like, when am I getting on the potty? Like he really, really thinks it's such an amazing thing. And then I remember when you asked me to be a lounge legend and obviously my imposter syndrome was like, why is she asking this? Is she taking the piss? Like, I, I was like, what, what, I don't know what I can offer. Like, all those other people are so amazing, blah, 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 blah. And Andrew was like, just do it. Like, I've seen how much you've got from what you've done. Just do it. And so that was like the push for me to just be like, right, okay. Although I think it was, he thought for his own benefit. But um, I, like, Andrew is a massive advocate of the lounge. And like, when I'm at events, he will say to other strollholders, like, have you heard about the Northern Last Lounge? Like, he will be somebody who talks to other people about it, um, which I think is actually really, you know, amazing. And I'm really lucky. Am I lucky? I don't use the word lucky because we've built this. Like, we've built it on purpose. But do you know what I mean? Like, I know that not everybody has that support. Yeah, yeah. And has that kind of input from their partner. And I was going to say, well, I'm, I'm lucky, but I'm not because we've made that happen do you know what I mean consciously created that for us because it wasn't always like that so he loves it man absolutely loves it well on that note by the way 
I'm thinking about interviewing people's partners. Oh, well, he wants to be, like, he'll definitely do it. He I'm, loves it. I'm thinking about doing, like, what it's like living with us. Oh, God. <laughs> Starting with Gaz. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Then all the secrets will really come out, won't they? I know. So, back to the lounge and what you do as part of the team. So, you're a big part of the team. Um, tell us about gobshite. What what is gobshite? So, gobshite's amazing, and for me, again, like I was gobshite before it was gobshite, so it was spotlight. So I haven't got a badge. Just pointing that out. Um, oh, so, really? you need a badge. And right. I think I was like the last one before the badges kicked in, so I didn't get a badge. But you know, it's not that I'm bitter about it or anything. Not mentioning it very much, but. <laughs> For me, it was amazing. Like, I felt like it was such a privilege to be able to showcase my business. And for me, that was a real turning point for me and feeling like I am actually a business owner. Because when you're talking to loads of other business owners and nobody's going, get out, you're not a proper business owner. For me, it was a massive confidence boost and the support was amazing. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, Gobshite is the member of the Next Level Lounge, who is the most active member in the community for a month gets the chance to take over the lounge for a day do whatever they want so it can be posting and um, Julie the other month did loads of amazing lives about different aspects of her business people post videos products behind the scenes I found out loads about Angela Smith that I didn't know and yeah, um, when she took over so you get to see the person behind the business and the stories and I know how impactful gobshite is for people not just for the businesses not just for increasing followers and increasing sales but what it does for people and their confidence and their self-belief is actually mind-blowing like the messages that I get from people obviously when I'm managing that and messaging them and how anxious maybe they feel and then when they're going through the day and then afterwards and they all just the adrenaline and the buzz that they get from it is is life-changing for some people absolutely life-changing um and you know, you know, we've spoken about what it's done for Julie and what it's done for Lynn's. And I think it's so interesting as well that we're now seeing people who, let's say a year ago, they would nowhere near have had the confidence to do gobshite. But now it's come round again because it's kicked back in the cycle and they've stepped up and absolutely smashed it. You know, Sarah Ball dancing live in a chicken costume. She would never have done that right when she was you know, at the first first time when she had it. And I just think it's such an amazing opportunity for people. And I love it. It's one of my favourite days of the month um, is, is seeing that person really shine. And it's, it, you see them follow through after. So yeah. you, you, you go, they would never have done that on their own yeah. social media or you just, their confidence goes. And it's as if something in their head goes, I can do this because it's a private yeah. group. It's, yeah. it's a safe space for them to practice it, but there's still thousands of people in there, Yeah, you know? Um, and I have to say, it is a massive testament to all the lasses in there as well, how much they have that person's back. Yeah. Like there's no, oh, well, it should have been me or no like nastiness. When that person's announced and when they're going through the day, people show up for that person they're commenting they're giving them loads of love they're sharing stuff that they're doing even on their own like personal profiles like I see it and I just think it it is a testament to the space isn't it really and everything that's good about what the community stands for Mm -hmm. I laughed at you before the event that we had 
the most recent one it's saying <clears throat> and you were going I feel sick like it's gonna be Christmas day <laughs> I know I did I had that proper like Christmas Eve feeling on the night and like I couldn't get to sleep and I was really excited but then I'm more like Christmas Eve as a parent you know when you're like a little bit nervous that there's loads that need to be done and what's going to go wrong you know so I was like that kind of feeling and have I remembered everything but also that excitement and you know I posted that post last night about um the International Day of Friendship yeah. and one of those things is and again this comes up time and time again you walk into a room with 60 70 80 people in it but you feel like you're just meeting your mates it doesn't feel like networking it doesn't I've done a lot of networking in my corporate career you know going shaking hands handing over business cards and there was absolutely none of that it was hugs and drinks and selfies and it was like a girl's night out and the connections business-wise but also personally that have been made like I just love it I think it's like it's like nothing else really that that feeling isn't it when you're in a space oh, with those women and I, I have to you know I sometimes I have to come out of the situation to go right look look at what's been achieved here so when I'm in it I'm just whizzing about doing my thing yeah. so this is why I love these conversations because people talk about them and I'm like going oh I sit in goosebumps I'm like oh god so we're now at I'm got a jingle. I was going to say no jingle. <laughs> Someone's working on it. Someone's working. Anyway, you should be able to do it. You, you're always singing or dancing drama. I do. Yeah, I do. I'm not doing a jingle in my head. I know what it sounds like. I'm like, I keep saying to Andy about the jingle because I was listening to one in the car, and Andy was like, "Still no jingle." This is what I mean. He's so bought in. He was like, "Still no jingle." still and he, and he actually was like you should just do it but I was like in my head it's like a biker grove-esque kind of like why I laugh but oh I can't head. quite get it out do you know what I mean like I know what it should be in my head no pressure Joanne but I know what it needs to be I just can't get it out but I was like it needs to be like biker grove so maybe Andy should record it well he is <laughs> it's why I laugh um, yeah I know yeah bless him we have I'm dreading this bit in here which Ruth doesn't know this is from the team who would you are you bothered who it's from is there anyone well, I feel like I'm probably the worst person at these questions so I feel like everyone's always like I don't want a question from Ruth so I feel like I'm okay now well mate if you haven't seen these questions oh god okay and I'm hoping that somebody's oh no yes <laughs> Amy no oh it's actually Mirren Oh, Mirren. Okay. Oh, God. Mirren's normally quite sensible. However. However. And I actually said, oh, when she'll really think about this as well. Ruth, would you rather. <laughs> I'm really palms. I'm really anxious. <laughs> would you rather wear a clown wig or clown shoes every day? And why? <laughs> That's a really tricky one. Well, I'd, I have massive feet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I am really proud of my hair like I would say my hair is one of my best features so and I don't like having a hot head but then I might trip off with the kids this is a really tricky question I'm gonna say I'd rather wear clown shoes because they're probably just like my normal shoes anyway so I'm gonna go with clown shoes like? um so I'm size eight shoe what's the same as guys I know my dad me and my dad can swap shoes like my dad has worn my shoes before so yeah don't get into the whole dad and shoes conversation yeah yeah no we don't want to go there um but yeah my dad once did wear a pair of my high heels for a like 
silly thing. But yeah. Them, I've never went, whoa, big plates of meat, those, like, ever? Yeah, no, clown, clown feet, these. So what's next for Ruth? What's next for Ruth is always the million dollar question. Um, keeping my kids alive is is the first priority um, for the short term. But for me, there's big changes in the business in terms of moving much more towards the training and consultancy stuff. So um, like you said, there's a huge emphasis on carbon net zero and all of the government stuff coming in. So I'm going to be doing a lot more in terms of training people around equal stuff whether that's businesses or whether it's individuals about changes they can make so that is on the way in process but obviously with kids it takes a little bit longer to get moving um, test testers yeah you need to speak to cat as well yeah absolutely so i'm gonna i'm gonna catch up with cat because um of some of the b2b stuff so the business stuff i think it's really good for me to to say oh while we're on this subject of you being a better business why not look at accessibility and again that's another great thing isn't it about that is ultimately what I love about the lounge is that I just feel like everything I need for my business and for when I'm going out there yeah. I have in my back pocket so I can recommend other people I have supplies I can go to I have you know people who can help me with my accounts or my graphics or my business cards like it's literally just such an amazing resource and I think I just think it strengthens my offer when I go to businesses to say, well, actually, I know somebody who can sort that out for you and, and get cut in there as well. Because I think what she does is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what's next is much more around that education stuff, which is back in my wheelhouse. It's where I feel comfortable teaching and doing that. But obviously, the past couple of years, I couldn't really get out into schools and businesses. So it's exciting for me to actually go out there and, and see those reactions in people face to face rather than through a screen and talking about your education pace and your training we have got canva training coming up very shortly um yes this episode does go out actually tonight so we can say that it's going to be (laughs) two weeks what do you bring into that training out of interest so my stuff is all around the kind of business admin stuff so i'm going to be talking about how we can create business cards and flyers and leaflets and invoices and letterheads and proposals all of those things that you can just have there that give you that kind of slick look really professional look and how we can integrate things like qr codes to make sure they're absolutely like spot on in terms of what people are looking for and using when we go out there class and if you're wanting to drive the people listening to the best place to go and find you which one place do you want us want them to go to i'll tag everything yeah if you want to find out a broad overview of everything that we do i would say head to our website so that's www.ecologicaluk.com and on there we've got everything so we've got our retail shop we've got our education bit we've got all of my blogs that I do we've got our fashion range we've got everything on there um yes you're wearing your t-shirt everything that we do is kind of across there and for a bit more of the like nitty-gritty ramblings that's where you're going to find that on uh on the social media so on instagram and facebook but yeah for a bit of an overview of all the different things we do I think the website is the the place where we, we talk about everything also I just want to give or take this opportunity to thank you personally for everything that you do for the lounge because it just simply wouldn't be the same place without you ah oh, thank you well I just feel absolutely honored and privileged to even be 
part of it to even be you know a member of the lounge never mind a lounge legend so oh, it's legend. just such an amazing space and that can I can I just say you've got a peacock behind you I do <laughs> now this is quite relevant because we talk about top of tokens and uh Angela Laverick's now found that hers is a peacock oh, and I've noticed yeah. that I can't even point to it I'm rubbish I never make a weather presenter yeah I've got a peacock behind me and do you know what I've never even thought about that that's been there for three years and I wasn't going to record this in here today I was going to record it next door but Andrew was on a break from work so I came in here wow isn't that weird right go and enjoy your day thank you yeah. and I'll see you next week see you later